0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay and the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme?
1: Gear up, Dolphin fans, because it is about to be a wild offseason. Jake and Josh are piloting this ship as we prepare for a new era of Miami Dolphins football. If you don't already, follow them on Twitter at jmendel94 and at House. Help our community grow by hitting the subscribe button and leaving a review. We thank you all for the support. Now let's talk some football.
0: We made it, folks. The weekend is finally here, and so is a brand new episode of Finsider Radio, The Jake and Josh Show. We have lots to talk about on this episode, including Mike McDaniel's coaching staff, a free agent wide receiver signing, and of course, some Tua Valoa talk. But before we get into all of that, before we discuss McDaniel's pretty damn impressive coaching staff, let me welcome in my co-host, the one, the only, Jake Mendel. How's it going today, Jake?
1: Josh, it's been a little bit of a week. We got a coaching jigsaw puzzle coming together, but here we are. Uh, It's probably going to be the last, what, dramatic, I'd say, week, exciting week, until we really start to pick up uh, free agency, which that will begin in about a month or so. But man, it seems like the Dolphins are going to finally hit that quiet stage of having all the ducks in a row and a plan for the future.
0: And I don't want to say we were looking forward to that little bit of break, but I don't think either of us, you know, expected as soon as this season to end, you know, they fired the coach and all those things that were going to come spiraling out of control. So um, I hope we do have a little bit of dead time, but you know, before we know it, free agency will be here. We are going to bring you all of the news surrounding free agency, the draft. We're even going to do a little bit of our book club. So as we always say, subscribe to the podcast, hit us up on Twitter. If you have any questions, But you mentioned, Jake, the coaching jigsaw puzzle has finally started to come together. And the first domino that fell was one that, you know, had Dolphin fans a little bit in shambles, to be completely honest, because the Dolphins fired Gerald Alexander, the defensive backs coach, a guy, you know, players loved him. We saw, you know, some of the breakdowns he does on Twitter. He just seems like a player's coach when he was fired. Dolphin fans were in shambles. Give me your thoughts about the whole Gerald Alexander firing, because there seems to be a whole backstory there that I don't even know if many people even picked up on.
1: Yeah, uh, this was a guy who supported Brian Flores. He was part of that defensive-minded staff, um, and you know I understand the panic, the idea that hey, Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, these guys were awesome. Why would we let this guy go? Especially Josh, when you consider—I mean, I'm looking at the list. I I see what four other defensive coaches who are staying. So I mean, to say that the guy who is coaching the best unit on the entire roster, man, to say that he's gone is a little concerning. Uh, before, we will get to it later, but when you think about who they hired, it makes it feel a little better, but this was a guy who had seemed over the last couple of weeks, I don't even know what was happening, Josh, there were some tweets, can you kind of walk me through with that?
0: Yeah. And again, this is all he say. She, she says, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say you no know, definitively that Gerald Alexander was calling plays, but his wife did take to Twitter. I saw her respond to some people, you know, if only fans understood what was going on here behind the scenes. So, you know, while many of us sat here and assumed Brian Flores was calling the plays, you know, during that winning streak, it sounds like that could have been Gerald Alexander. We know he interviewed for the Jacksonville Jaguars job, did not get that as a defense coordinator. But I mean, when you look at it from that perspective, Jake, if he was calling plays and Brian Flores took the play calling duties from, you know, your, defense coordinator josh boyer gave them to your defensive backs coach that right there is going to you know cause all sorts of friction between your coaching staff at least you'd assume so um i don't know if it was a josh boyer jared alexander thing but you know once they got rid of jared alexander once josh boyer stuck around it did seem like the dolphins were kind of you know leaning towards the it did seem like the dolphins were more leaning towards josh boyer's side so i don't know jake it's a lot of he says she says again but there was one thing that was sent to me jake uh it was a tweet that was deleted during the nfc championship game and it said People get anointed as a genius and a football masterminds, but at the end of the day, it comes down to players making plays. Miss me with the genius talk. And as you know, Jake, that was the big name, you know, word being thrown around for Mike McDaniel, genius, innovative, outside-the-box thinker. So, again, we're all piecing this together. It's all this Charlie from Always Sunny, but it does sound like there was some friction there, and Jared Alexander was going to be on his way out one way or the other. Give Dolphin fans a little bit of an ease once you see, you know, who they brought in and just the fact that they did keep some of these defense coordinators around because that defense did look pretty good.
1: Josh, it's one of those things, though. I think like Seinfeld, you know, George Costanza using the jerk store line. He felt so great using the jerk store line. But I mean, saying that players play at the end of the day, I mean, the Dolphins had the best cornerback room arguably the best cornerback room in the NFL. And Gerald Alexander was helping get credit for that, rightfully so. I think it's important to kind of keep in mind here that your job is to be one of these coaches. So the second you're discrediting coaches and their importance to a unit or their ability to communicate and help players understand things the right way to maximize their abilities, I mean, that kind of seems like you're shooting yourself in the foot a little bit, doesn't it? Like, I understand the frustration. I understand you're going to be mad. But I mean, you know, give Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, Javon Hunt, all these guys the credit in the world. They deserve it. But I mean, is this, isn't that jail? Alexander discrediting what he kind of did in that, uh, you know, room with that unit.
0: Yeah, I mean, and to your point, maybe even more so, right? I mean, you're looking at what Mike McDaniel and the San Francisco 49ers were able to accomplish with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback and some of those other pieces. I mean, you have Jared Alexander now coaching two of the best defensive backs. You know, a couple years ago, many would have said, Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, that's a top five tandem. So you're absolutely right, Jake. But again, I don't know how much of this, uh, you know, we can truly look into. I think we can all agree we wish Jared Alexander the best. And again, I think some of the reassurance that came from this, though, has to be that the Dolphins kept Josh Boyer around, kept defensive line coach Austin Clark, linebackers coach, Anthony Campanelli running backs coach Eric Studsville and special teams coach Danny Crossman so I know we all got caught up in the moment but it seemed like just yesterday we all loved Josh and, and we didn't want him to go anywhere else you know we were scared another team might come and poach him we loved what we saw out of him in 2020 you know when he took over play calling duty so um, I think we're just a prisoner of the moment we saw Jared Alexander getting a lot of the hype from Brian Flores rightfully so but I think you know that defense is already in place. Let those coaches do what they did, and you know some of those other coaches they brought in to rely on Jake that we're going to talk about later. You know is almost a little bit more exciting than Jared Alexander if he would have stayed.
1: Josh, I completely agree. And uh, something to start cooking. And I want people to you know, tweet this at me. I can't think of such a high known player coming back to coach the Dolphins like a Wes Welker, like a Sam Madison. I, I find myself kind of stuck trying to think of guys that former All Pros, former Pro Bowlers who are back coaching with the team. But Josh. I think it's important to kind of keep in mind the development we've seen from a lot of guys under Austin Clark, under Anthony Campanelli. I mean, Jerome Baker, we are finally seeing that linebacker, arguably the best, you know, most consistent linebacker since Zach Thomas. I'm not putting them in the same category, but in terms of their reliability inside the system and what their job is, we've seen growth. We've seen development. I mean, Andrew Van Ginkle has his uh, shining moments. Is a former fifth-round pick. Vince Beagle, I mean, that was a throw-in in and a Kiko Lonzo deal. And then, that, man, that, that defensive line, it's just been so much fun to watch that develop, whether these guys are living in a U-Haul trailer or a first-round pick, and they're all performing at such a high level.
0: You're absolutely right. And I mean, I guess we we have to sit here and talk about Eric Studsville. You know, he stuck around through another yeah, regime. I mean, okay. one of the best running back coaches in football. I mean, what he's had to work with, you know, we've seen some development out of some of those players. And then special teams coach, I don't know how you felt about Danny Crossman. I mean, we were down on uh, the punting unit, you know, this year, polarity we – don't know why Matt Hawk left, you know, Jason Sanders can't make field goals. But again, it seems like the Josh Boyer thing a year ago, we were all praising Danny cross I mean, You know, mm-hmm. you think it was a special, the assistant head coach here for a little bit. So um, I like the coaches they kept in place again, Vic Fangio would have been awesome you know some of those other guys that you know were rumored to come here but um, I like what the Dolphins did and when you see again some of those other pieces I mean you mentioned it Jakes Uh, Sam Madison I mean we talked about in that podcast you know that was one of the greatest things about those little hype videos that they did was seeing Mike McDaniel walk down the hall you know naming off those players now he brought Sam Madison and take over Jal Alexander's job I mean that's awesome. He will be the cornerback's pass game specialist, a four-time Pro Bowl selection, and he was with the Dolphins from 1997-2005, spent the past three seasons as the Chiefs secondary and cornerbacks coach. But, again, man, it's just so awesome to see a legendary player, a guy that we all grew up loving, come back, and now he's going to coach. Again, like you said, man, Byron Jones, uh, Xavier Howard. Maybe he can even make the most out of Noah Igbenogany, man. I don't know, but um, that was an awesome hire. Josh.
1: 10 years ago, it was, uh, they, they had the the Finsider show um, uh, that the team had, and it was Jesse Agler. Wasn't Sam Madison with him on that?
0: I believe so, yep. Yeah.
1: And, and so I think that's kind of what makes you so excited, who's someone who I can relate to as someone who grew up, you know, in the 2010s and even shortly before that watching football, because I saw him on both ends there. And, you know, you bring up The idea, like I said earlier, of when we can think of someone who was this popular, who was this talented to come back and be a coach. I mean, you see Jason Taylor and Dan Reno in like special associate roles or whatever it may be, but they don't get that title of coach, you know, but the fact that Sam Madison's there to put in the work that he doesn't necessarily have to do this, that he loves football that much. And I'm not saying other coaches don't, but it brings out that Dolphins bias. And this is just my way of trying to justify that. I'm excited about this I.
0: Yeah. And and same here. And I, another one that you mentioned it, you know, Dolphin players coming back full circle. I mean, Wes Welker, we kind of hinted at that when the whole McDaniel thing came about, you know, him and Embry were rumored to come here to Miami. He will be coaching the 49ers wide receivers. Welker went undrafted, played for the Dolphins from 2004 to 2006 then was traded to the Patriots as we all remember spent three years with the 49ers as their wide receivers coach. But I mean, when you look at how storied his career is, you know, the route running, just the different things that he brings to the game from that wide receiver position. I mean, I keep looking at it, man. Jalen Waddle is going to learn from Wes Welker, you know, some of these other pieces they bring in this offseason, season, you know, Lynn Bowden, you know, who knows what could come of him. So um, I, I, the Wes Welker signing came first. That was kind of that big one that was like, yeah, hell yeah, man. Like I was stoked for that. But once Sam Massey came out, I think that took away a little bit of that thunder, but man, well, yeah. Wes Welker coming into that receiving core. Uh it gives you goosebumps, it really does.
1: Uh two things. One from the content creation standpoint, uh that picture of Wes Welker at the, the race derby. Now that that's ours. We're gonna we're gonna use that nonstop now. We will right? tweet
0: that with this, right? Should we that some kind of Photoshop?
1: A hundred percent. And then and then two, Josh, man, I have never related to Mike McDaniel more. I think it was WebITard he had an interview with and he was basically asked like how, you know, you guys are going to use the weapons in Miami and he just gets as close to the mic and he kind of goes Waddle, Waddle. And I, I just couldn't relate to that anymore because it just felt like he was such a fan of the moment and enjoying it. And I just thought that was kind of cool and refreshing from a head coach.
0: Perfect segue. McDaniel said, I just talked with him on Monday and I think he understands his leadership role in this team. He's a phenomenal talent. And guess what? The best and easiest way to get yards is to give it to a really talented player. Mm-hmm. So, running the ball through the air, right, Jake? I mean, wait, uh, I mean, and this is what everyone who, uh, you know, had any share of Jalen Waddle last year, if you know, dynasty or any of those fantasy leagues, I mean, he straight up came out and say, you know, start Jalen Waddle on fantasy next year. So uh again, it's everything you want to hear from an offensive coach. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and is it put the carriage before the, the horse or whatever it is. I'm not going to get, yeah, I'm not going to get too excited, but I mean, that was just awesome. And uh, you could just feel the excitement, man. He sounded like every dolphins player, you know, yelling into that thing, waddle, waddle. And if, you mentioned that levitar interview if you haven't listened to that man that was a hell of a, a hell mm-hmm. of an interview to, to jump on that
1: josh so with west welfare john embry is another former 49ers coach joining the dolphins uh assistant head coach with the niners tight ends coach he's been coaching man for 15 years he was the chiefs head end coach and we know hey, those are two franchises you know niners and chiefs if you want to talk about great tight ends i mean there have been a couple to go through those team, two teams. So you're kind of excited about, hey, is Mike Kosicki going to come back? Is Durham Smythe going to come back? We see Kosicki sending out tweets that the Dolphins need to pay Durham Smythe. Hunter Longman, is he going to become something? So we see this uh, idea of development, especially when you look at a tight ends, coach like that coming in, who has so much damn experience, Josh. And then you want to keep going to Matt Applebaum, offensive line coach, former offensive line coach from Boston College uh Josh you put some prospects here that you'd immediately put on Miami's radar can you walk me through that and uh, why you think so
0: yeah well obviously they, I mean if they, they play at Boston College and they were coached under Apple bombs, so that would be the you know the main reason fair, fair. <laughs> Um, but you know some of them guards Zion Johnson Alex Lindstrom I think he might be the most highly coveted in this class and then Mike Vrabel's son I mean this one jumped out at me man Tyler Vrabel so there's definitely some offensive line talent there we know the Dolphins are going to use oodles of money in free agency. They're going to use whatever draft capital they can to hopefully rebuild that offensive line. But the name that you just threw out there most was Hunter Long, and I don't know about you, man, but I kind of wanted to put together a highlight reel before I said, you know, in before Hunter Hunter Long becomes the next George Kittle because, I mean, you know he brings what what he can do as a blocking tight end, you know, opposed to what Mike He does, although on Twitter he's pretty good at blocking. But um, I think this could be those moves, you know, bringing in a guy that has familiarity with the tight ends like Embry. I'm excited to see what Hunter Long could do, and you even have it written down here man with Applebaum in that offensive line could he become you know that bigger could he be jesse davis
1: could he be be better than jesse davis at right tackle that's the question we all want to know now
0: but i mean it would be pretty close right and i I think that's the problem here yes yeah i'm I'm in for that i'm in too real too
1: real josh we have a new offensive coordinator frank smith fine or uh, excuse me run game coordinator for los angeles chargers uh, offensive line coach under Brandon Staley. He spent 12 years coaching in the NFL. Josh, that more uh, coaching tenure, you know, offensive line, tight end. You see how the Dolphins are hopefully going to get, you know, tight ends involved in different ways. The way they block, the way they run that uh, stretch offense is of cat- kind of interesting to see you bring that all this different types of experience. And, but Josh, I got to ask you, man, as we go through all this stuff, is there any reason to think that this staff is any different than, you know, when we first got Adam Gase in here, you know, Bill Laser. how excited we were for that stuff. I remember thinking about Mike Sherman. We no, 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 We never, 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 never were excited about Mike Sherman. I mean, no. he was so excited he fell asleep about the, over the hire. So Josh, I, like, I guess that's just kind of my long winded way of saying, how excited should we be? I mean, I understand the fandom for like a Sam Madison and Westwell, group but outside of that, I mean, is there anything pointing to the vision heading in the right direction that we haven't seen before, I guess? I-,
0: I wish I had an answer because whenever I thought I had an answer for you, man, you just kept reminding me about the Brian Flores stuff. I guess the one thing that would get me excited, you mentioned, you know, that Their their zone run game and, you know, all the different things that they can do out of that. I mean, when you look at these signings, man, almost all like three. What was it? Frank Smith was a run game specialist. I believe Chandler Henley was the assistant offensive line coach with the Atlanta Falcons. And then uh, we have Matt Applebaum. So they are loading up heavily on, you know, the offensive line on the run game. So, I mean, I can't sit here and say it's going to be any different. But to me, it seems like Mike McDaniel, uh, I mean, I don't want to say these coaches go into these things, you know, without a plan, but it seems like he has a definitive plan in place, what he needs to do on this offense. And he understands it. I mean, that's the complete opposite of it. Seeing what Brian Flores did. I mean, he just kind of sit, kept patching things here and there kind of, you know, thought he could win a, despite some things. I, I like the way this is headed, but I can't definitively sit here and say, it's going to be a different because every time I do man egg on my face.
1: Uh, you mentioned Henley who spent time with the Falcons as an assistant O-line coach, uh, considered a good pal like the Daniels at, Yale and was the team captain of the 2006 Ivy championship team uh Josh I think my biggest difference I'd say is that this doesn't seem like a group you're going to want to turn over after one year we kind of connected dots I think the first year in Brian Flores how there were a lot of ex-patriot coaches uh, coaches guys who he spent different time with uh but I have a hard time you know him developing all these relationships for so long and turning it over that quickly and Josh you didn't even bring up your uh, your favorite hire out of
2: So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical.
0: Yeah, Jake, my favorite signing. And I mean, I, maybe I'm biased. Obviously, I'm biased. Big to a fan. But Daryl Bevel, man, I mean, he's been around the league. He's been offense coordinator all over. Spent seven seasons in Seattle, you know, quote unquote, grooming Russell Wilson. Well-respected offensive play caller. Was 2-7 and seven as an interim head coach and 1-3 and three last season with the Jags. But I mean, Jake, to me, you know, you're trying to develop to a of a low. You again, you're putting the things in place. I mean, it looks like they're going to build an offensive line. It looks like he's going to build a run game. Now you've got Daryl Belville, you know, a former offensive play caller. I mean, he was just the interim head coach last year for the Jacksonville Jags. I mean, for whatever that means. So I'm excited to see what he can do. I mean, coach Brett Farr, Matt Stafford, Trevor Lawrence, Russell Wilson. This is honestly probably my favorite sign because I do think that what he can bring, you know, all that knowledge, he can come in here specifically coming here to help the pass game help to a ton of a little grooming. I mean, what more could you ask for? I mean, I think you, when you look down this list, yes, Frank Smith's an awesome hire. I mean, we all love some of those quotes going around. I mean, that's really all this is right. We go to their wiki page, we see something we like, we find an awesome quarter yep. video and dolphin fans just blow up. But I mean, Daryl Bevel's been around the league has had success just about everywhere he went. I'm excited for it. And I mentioned the interim head coach thing because I think that was one of the things that we were missing. You know, he had to have that guy that he could rely on, you know, that's had that experience to help him guide through these uncharted waters. I think Darryl Bell was that man. So um, I like the staff that's in place, but if he sits here and turns things over like Brian Flores did after one year, I mean, uh, we might be right back in the same situation. So let's just hope, like you mentioned, continuity is key.
1: Yeah, and it's important to not think of that Russell Wilson offense we're seeing now where he just kind of hucks it downfield to Tyler Lockett and uh, DK Metcalf where Josh, step in anytime and correct me if I'm wrong. But I mean, what eight, ten years ago it was it was Golden Tate, uh, it was Doug Baldwin, it was guys who could get open deep. But it was that three step, five step passing game uh, that Wilson really doesn't do too much of anymore. And I don't want to completely compare that Seattle offense to what the Dolphins are going to try to do because I think the running game is going to be a little different. The way they attack the sidelines, I think, is going to be a little different. But I like the idea of just getting to a uh, someone who is going to focus on that three, five step drop. And you know, the idea of a pass game coordinator, we're not used to hearing these roles or at least I don't think they've ever been publicly announced and they might be just for the sake of us on podcast saying, man, he's going to be a great pass game coordinator. Uh, But it just seems like a good move. Another great depth piece, another guy who has been either a head coach or near a head coach experience, man, Uh, it's going to be a real collaborative group.
0: Yeah, and I mean we've got to mention Marshawn Lynch in that run game he had to build off of the play action stuff. I mean, that's all yeah. the things that we want to see here. Um I guess the one thing I want to ask you before we move on to um Tyron Tyrone McKenzie is Jake, does this mean that uh Tua Tagovailoa is the next Russell Wilson because I don't know if you remember but CK Parrott took some Alabama cutups and like flipped the screen and when he was throwing right-handed, I mean, there was definitely some similarities there. So, uh convince me that this is not going to make Tua Tagovailoa the next Russell Wilson. Oh man. Um you can't, you can't, because it's going He's a lefty. to happen.
1: lefty, and Russell Wilson's ready. Boom, got it. I got No, but but it's that's the exciting comp you want to think of, right? Or the way we even the comparison we made is like a Dak Prescott, just someone who can make that right read, beat you with his head, and has the strength to make most of the throws. Um, uh, and, and that's just kind of all we're asking for. It. I guess if you want to make the Russell Wilson comp, I'm sure we can find the video. I used definitely hit stick someone uh, like Tua did late last year. So I guess if that's a place to start, I'm open to it.
0: Yeah, I guess they're both considered undersized, right? So there's definitely some similarities there. And um, nothing's going to stop me from comparing him to Russell Wilson. If he goes out there and has a season, we expect the last signing Jake, at least that we know of. I mean, we sat here and add some late, so we might be missing someone. Tyrone McKenzie, outside linebackers coach. Um, for the Miami Dolphins he was drafted by the Patriots in the third round of the 2009 NFL draft started coaching in 2017 with the Rams as a special teams assistant Coached inside linebackers of Tennessee linebackers in 2020 with Detroit um, I guess the biggest thing I don't know if you saw Jake but there's a video of him you know at practice being literally just you know speared into a padded bag so um, onto the ground in a padded bag so I just could continue to picture you know andrew van gink or jalen phillips getting a little bit carried away and just you know sending him flying but uh it, it's cool to see your coach i guess being that hands-on and uh again that's all we have to go off of at this point
1: yeah i guess with him you're wondering hey is is emmanuel article going to be in that group i think that's the biggest
0: Hope so. question
1: is jalen phillips going to continue the momentum he had late last season or is he going to kind of fall back into the trap of uh you figure out the offense, the offense figures out you, and it's just kind of back and forth, forth battle. Or is he going to maintain that consistency where, Josh, when we saw that cloth hanging in Hard Rock Stadium all year where they have his number in the rafters, they're just waiting to announce it.
0: I guess all we want to see, Jake, is less of Jalen Phillips dropping back in coverage, right? I mean, that was one of the most frustrating things early oh, on. We right all knew what bit. he needed. Yeah, we all knew what he needed to do. And that that um will be hanging right up there at Hard Rock, right next to is Ricky Williams still not in the ring of honor? I mean, there's a bunch of guys they need to get in there. Cam Wake, I think. I mean, they're slacking big time, but um, yeah, Jalen Phillips names hung up there right next to all those offseason championships that we've won.
1: Final notes you have here, Josh Brian Flores, is he going to be on I am an athlete? Uh, I believe that's what, Chad Cinco's show? Um, I think it so. It had Omar
0: right? Kelly and uh, Brandon Marshall were in the clip that was floating around, but it seemed like, you know, that's all Dolphins Twitter was talking about today, so it seemed like something we had to throw out there.
1: Yeah, and so it basically, there's a clip, it's coming out Monday, where it's Flora's talking about his relationship with Tua, and as we can imagine, someone who is no longer with a player, he torched him, he ripped him up. Part he made to a sound. T- no, I'm absolutely kidding. Obviously, he's not going to say anything bad about Tua. He is not going to start any drama because there's no way that ever would help Rand Flores. So this is what he had to say. He said, "This is an interesting topic because our relationship wasn't strained. We had a good relationship. It was a player coach relationship, and I think in a relationship like that, the coach challenges the player, and oftentimes the player challenges the coach. I think there was a great deal of respect for the two of us and Josh." he even goes on to say, ask Tua, I'm here to say what I've got to say. And I think he'd have the same thing to say. I, I mean, this is kind of the issue with Brian. If we want to look at the, the Steven Ross and Miami Dolphins painted picture, it's that Brian Flores knew his way. He was going to do things his way. And that was it. That was the final you know, sentence. I'd love that this to be followed like, really. Do you have any regrets about like the Minko Fitzpatrick? Do you have any regrets about the Kenny Stills? Do you have any regrets about, God, I don't know, the, the signings of like Kyle Van Noy just to kind of switch them over the next year? I think those are the things I'd be interested to hear about because I feel like Flores would be someone to kind of stand his ground and say this is my way, this is how I should have done things, which is fine. Everybody can coach their own way, but that kind of goes with the idea of we wanted to kind of have a group effort here and figure things out how we could grow as a unit instead of sticking to just this one street.
0: I really wish this was like a reality show. You know how they bring back like the cast and they get to talk and (laughs) they get all these questions asked. I mean, how awesome would it be to have any kind of... Yeah, any kind of program where we just have, you know, someone just you know, mediating a conversation between two and Brian Flores, because I would love to get to bomb this, because, I mean, I do think there's some truth to this. I mean, I bet if you ask, I bet yeah. in Brian Flores said, you know, I, I think starting Jesse Javis and some of the decisions he made, I mean, to him, they, I still think he thinks he was in the right, because again, you mentioned mm-hmm. he, where he comes from, the ego, you know, he, it's his way or the highway. And I mean, I think we all kind of realized that, I guess maybe Stephen Ross and Chris Greer just weren't sure how far, you know, his way it would be. But um, I, I guess this was just one of those things, Jake, that everyone's going to talk about. Uh, I don't know that we really got much out of that. I mean, I think if we do yeah. ask Tua, like you said, I think Tua would probably have, if he was being honest and you know was able to just you know go off soapbox, talk about Brian Flores. I bet you know after a couple of drinks, he'd have some you know choice words to say. But um, we're not going to hear any of that. I say we I just- do
1: think though. I do think though, after those choice words, he, if you were to ask Tua too, hey, would you be able to work with him if we were to keep Flores in Miami? Would you guys be able to grow together and, and maintain a relationship? I still think he'd say yes I I think that's the weird situation of hey relationships man they're not black and white.
0: yeah you're right and I I just I just cannot understand man how they went from you know we heard the rumors that they were eating breakfast watching film together to you know a year later he's trying to trade every single draft pick you know all this shit hanging over the Dolphins franchise you know for a guy that probably won't even play so I mean I just don't know what what he saw in practice you know what happened there there had to have been more to it again we may never know but um definitely something we had to talk about another thing we had to talk about Jake was the Dolphins signed a wide receiver yesterday River Crawlcraft has seven total catches in his career for 85 yards um I honestly had to look up his name because I thought it was a Madden creative player what are your thoughts <laughs> on this signing if anything
1: so he's a former San Francisco 49er and to me man this this screams West Coast Matt Collins looking at his his career looking at everything he's done there's that special teams captain that roll out in the locker room west coast Matt Collins has arrived in Miami I just hope it doesn't mean east coast uh, Matt Collins will no longer be you know hanging out in South Florida
0: yeah and there is a considerable size difference so I mean maybe they should just uh transition Matt Collins to tight end like we talked about for um, you know mm-hmm. a little bit last season uh, I do have to mention Croftcraft is a uh I hope I, I hope I'm I'm proud Butchering his name, you know me, but I, he's a special teams guy. So, you know, hopefully that doesn't mean the end of Matt Collins, but I don't think anybody should look too far into this. You already see dolphin fans. Um, I think there was like a slow motion, one-handed grab from camp that Dolphin fans are throwing out there. So uh, this is Kirk <laughs> right, Mara jumping. This is Kirk Mara jumping on a box all over again. But he does wear a visor. So once I saw that, you know, I um all jokes aside, you know, maybe sure things could come.
1: <laughs> Josh, it's been fun to be back. We got our jigsaw puzzle in place. Uh Guys, thank you so much for joining us. We're back doing two shows a week for a little bit. As Josh, uh, as myself, we kind of figure out what the next step is and how we're going to fight and attack this offseason. But until then, reach out to us. You can find us actually on Facebook now. If you look up Insider Radio, the podcast, like us on there. I'll respond to those poke Jake. Give me all the pokes. I will happily poke back. That's just how we do things over at the FinSider. Follow Josh on Twitter because he, he continues to be the king over there at H-O-U-T-Z. If there's any – clips related to the Miami Dolphins he's going to be on top of it and most importantly man we gotta tell everyone to subscribe to the show best way to listen to the podcast best way to stick up with this podcast subscribe and then if you want to add that cherry on top leaving a review reading those comments that stuff is so important to us it helps us uh, get that little confidence boost and more important than that and it helps us get better at what we do so thank you guys so much for joining us
0: Jake one last thing before we go the Miami Dolphins breaking news have just signed Former Miami Dolphins cornerback Patrick Sertan to be the Miami Dolphins defensive backs coach. He is now joining Sam Madison as part of Mike McDaniel's staff. We will talk about that more next time, but thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Jake and Josh Show, part of SB Nation's Finsider Radio. I'm Josh Houts. That's Jake Mendel. We'll talk to you next time.
2: That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins